0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Inequality. Today, we're finally going to talk about societal pressure. We've been waiting to make this episode for so long, and we always mention societal pressure in our previous episodes. So let's dive right into it. Okay, so let's first address the situation in schools, because I think that's the area that affects us the most, especially at our age. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that like the older people who are listening to our podcast are probably laughing at us because what we're dealing with right now is maybe nothing compared to what we will have to deal with in the future, Mm -hmm. which obviously I hope it changes. But um, when I was younger... I would think that school is so hard and we have so much pressure and no one understands. And now looking back, geez, I wish I could go back because that's nothing compared to what we need to face every day now. And I'm sure a few years later, I would think that what I'm complaining about right now is only a small portion of societal pressure. But but I still think that it is worth mentioning Mm -hmm. as a lot of our listeners are around 18 and We're all slowly becoming adults, so I think a lot of you can relate to things we will say today.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the biggest problems is that pressure in school is becoming more and more intense, and the more time passes, the more pressure there is, and at a younger and younger age. Our society focuses on grades and performance and, you know, a school's reputation so much. It's really unhealthy for young minds who are still developing to feel that constant pressure from their community to perform and like most importantly, to never fail. And like NG said, it's not just about school, it's about every sphere in our society. Societal pressure is not a myth. It clearly has a big impact on teenagers' mental health. From 2007 to 2012, The rate of teens with an anxiety disorder went up 20%. Today, one in three teens is affected by anxiety, and those stats are from the National Institutes of Health. I think it's really ironic that people don't
0: understand why more and more people develop anxiety and depression. To me, it's very clear that society plays a big role in this. Yeah, The standards at school are becoming higher and higher because people are constantly reaching for higher and constantly exceeding our ex- expectations. Mm-hmm. This is where competition develops. I mean, competition is a great way to push yourself to achieve more and improve more quickly because it can be a type of motivation for some people. But if it reaches at a point where it becomes an obsession like an obsession to constantly wanting to beat everyone, be number one at everything Mm -hmm. and strive for perfection, that's where it can lead to some serious problems psychologically,
1: socially, and physically. Yeah, and you know, what you're saying about perfection is really interesting. Like when I was younger, like a young teen, about 12 or 13, I thought perfection was not only achievable, but... I wanted to do everything in my power to achieve it. At that time of my life, I felt that stress was a good thing. There was a saying that I said, only those who strive for perfection will reach excellence. And it's that thinking that contributed to my migraines, which I've talked about in our last episode. If you haven't watched it, you should definitely listen to it. Um, but yeah, if there wasn't so much pressure on me from our society and from school and from myself as well, um, like maybe I wouldn't have had so many migraines or maybe I wouldn't have had migraines at all. I was so young and I put so much pressure on myself that it made me sick, but it's Mm -hmm. not just a me thing. A lot of people really struggle with the pressure that our society and our social circle and that we ourselves put on our shoulders. Like Angie said, everything is becoming a competition. But most of us don't want to compete. We just want to live our lives. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's true. But Margot and I went to very academically oriented school. Like our high school was class number one in Quebec private high schools the teachers always remind us of that and they constantly mm-hmm. tell us that we are the elites of the society and the hope for the future we have this very heavy weight on our shoulders and this huge responsibility to be good at everything it's the same thing for the CJP I'm in right now I mean everyone is working extremely hard so if you are the one who's not working hard enough when I mean enough it's like Have you studied more than four hours for this exam like everyone else? Um, But yeah, if you haven't worked hard enough, you have the feeling that you are behind and you can't get a bad grade because everyone else had a good one. You become very self-conscious and that leads to unhealthy thoughts Mm -hmm. about yourself. Like You would maybe think that you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, and that's where the problem actually comes in. I know for sure that this has happened to me. Because I feel like I can't disappoint myself and others. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know exactly who would be disappointed. But like in my head, everyone will be disappointed in me. Because so many people have high expectations of us because we come from such schools.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know, a big part of the problem is that our schools base our success on exams. Like, I don't think it's a really fair way to evaluate knowledge about a subject. Some people are just good at taking tests and some aren't. Mm -hmm. When you factor in that stress is more and more important in teenagers, I don't think exams seems like the way to go. Exams just promote stress and I don't think it's a system that asks for understanding. I think it's a system that asks for a good memory, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have you studied by heart the content of an exam, then poured it all on your exam and forgot about it right after?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly, you know? And my point is that I don't think exams are the right way to, to teach And I certainly don't think that exams are the right way to support teenagers and students. To me, participation, essays, and projects are a more accurate representation of someone's knowledge and how good of a student they are. True. I kind of agree to that. but.
0: At the same time, there are some courses where you can't really evaluate a student through projects and essays. For example, you know, calculus, chemistry, physics. These are like more technical courses where it's more about practicing and getting better at calculating stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but in high school, we had so many projects and it was fun. It was like a fun way to learn. And we actually remember more. Whereas learning 500 PowerPoint slides... It's just so painful to learn.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, and I also think that our school system doesn't necessarily teach us what we need. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not one of those types of people that thinks, like, math isn't important at all. I do think it is important, but I do also think that there should be more options and that, you know, the course curriculum would be a bit less strict, What I mean by that is that in high school, we are taught as if every single one of us wants to pursue higher education. But the reality is that most of us don't. I mean, some of us don't even finish our high school. I think there should be some sort of classes that are more adapted to people who don't want to pursue higher education. Or even for people who do, but that would be, let's say more useful than a calculus class for a philosophy major
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know or even like a a money management class you know we had a finance class like angie and i in high school but honestly i learned a lot more on youtube about managing money than in school
0: oh my god yeah honestly youtube is a great platform for Mm -hmm. learning new stuff you just have to tap how to In the search bar and a bunch of things will appear and you get to choose what you want to learn. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. I mean, for sure, there are some schools that are more chill, not so much about grades. So if you're not the type to be an overachiever and education isn't your priority, I think going to a school that's less academic oriented would be a better idea. However, if you choose to be in a private school, like in the top, like ranked in the top, um, yes, you kind of expect it to be uptight and difficult, but I think that some rules aren't necessary and they should stop reminding us about how good we are supposed to be because this kind of commons definitely affects our mental health.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like, our private school was so strict about so many things. Like, we couldn't have our sleeves rolled up. Like, Just to tell you how strict it was. Yeah. But, you know, last week I talked about my somatic disorder. And, you know, I said that it's a type of disorder that's related to anxiety. And that it's getting more and more important in girls. But it's actually even worse for girls who attend private schools. I mean, think about it. The fact that an illness is more common for people who attend private school means that there is a problem with that whole system. Personally, I attended public, private, boarding, and online school. And having all of those experiences, I definitely see the advantages for all of these options. That said, I don't think any primary school should be private. Of course, this is my personal opinion, but I think private schools are elitist and they are often... PWIs, so predominantly white institutions. So I just don't see that kind of categorizing being good for kids to grow up in. Growing up around a diverse community, whether it's about ethnicity or finances, whatever it is, I just think it's better for kids and it's better, you know, for them to meet a lot of people from various backgrounds. But of course, most importantly... I think whether it's in university or a kindergarten, private institutions tend to focus a lot more on performance and that can put a lot of unnecessary pressure on young people. Yes, unnecessary pressure.
0: It's so unnecessary. Like, do they really think that we don't know we are in a highly competitive society? Yeah. Like, do you really need to keep reminding us that we are the elites of society. We are the hope for the future. Mm-hmm. We need to be perfect and really good and we, we don't like we can't disappoint people. I mean, even for parents, like sometimes I swear they just don't get it. Like, yes. I know they want the best for us. Mm-hmm. They want us to succeed, but constantly telling us that we need to be better when we've tried our hardest, that's not like the solution. I mean, I'm so happy my parents aren't like that. Maybe it's because I already put on myself enough unnecessary pressure. But yeah, my parents are really chill. I, myself, put so much pressure on me. Like, I really need to work on that. But I have this expectation of myself and I want to reach it. And sometimes it's just really unnecessary. I need to, like, I really, really need to work on that. But I feel like I have gotten better because one year ago, I would think that I have to be good in sciences and music whereas now I learn to accept the fact that I'm a human I sometimes need to realize that we only have 24 hours a day seven days a week and it's impossible to do everything perfectly Mm -hmm. exactly
1: and you know I'd like to talk a bit more about the difference between public and private school it's a known fact mm-hmm. that more people who attend private school go to college afterwards. That, yeah. you know, of course comes with the fact that their families are usually wealthier and then people who go to public school and most of them usually are not first generation university students. That said, it's not just about wealth and your family's history. ACT and SAT scores are significantly higher for people who attend private school. That said, private school also put a lot more pressure on on kids, at least I find that it's true. They push them a lot harder than public schools, so they might end up finding the SAT a bit easier than public school kids who haven't dealt with that kind of level of dif- difficulty in an exam yet. And also, a lot of private schools offer SAT tutors, and also SAT practice tests. In general, I think they just prepare you more for that test because they know that most of their student body will attend a higher education institution. But once again, that comes back to the fact that maybe not all of their kids want to do that. And maybe instead of doing like three, four, five hours of SAT practice tests, they should be doing something that's more constructive to what they want to do in life. So, you know, there are advantages to both. um, But as far as prospective college students, I think private school does have an advantage in the sense that they focus more um, on their students' future. And also because, you know, they they have the means to do that like a lot of priv- a public schools Sorry, don't have like the money to have like programs that can like tutor their students to uh, do SATs mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah and normally
0: people who send their child to a private school are people who prioritize education which obviously is extremely mm-hmm. important in our in our society You can see that education actually brings awareness on issues in our society because education isn't just about learning how to calculate stuff. It's also about helping us develop our point of view, forming our point of view and
1: our thoughts about society. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that school will definitely always be a problem, but there's a lot of societal pressure when it comes to gender as well there have always been certain qualities and certain personality traits that are associated with a Mm -hmm. specific sex. For example, women are seen as weaker and sensitive, whereas men are supposed to be strong and can't be seen as vulnerable people. And that's from a very young age. Those kinds of expectations can really put pressure on a lot of people especially when it comes to looks. Girls are definitely known for their struggles with how they look, and that's from a very young age. Also, that unfortunately promotes suicides and depression in young girls because they feel like they're not beautiful enough or sexy enough or because they don't look a certain way, but they're comparing themselves to adults who are photoshopped and who are literally paid to look a certain way. That said, yeah. I do think that a lot of boys too struggle with how they look and very few people talk about it because because it's not as common as within girls. Oh my god, yeah. I blame it on social media. Like, mm-hmm.
0: on Instagram, you see all the perfect beauty standards of our society, you know big butt, big boobs, hourglass shape, smooth skin, big lips, skinny, or like now it's like what, it's the slim thick trend, or I don't, like is it a trend? I don't yeah. know, like
1: it changes all the time.
0: But mm-hmm. it's like the beauty standards of our society, and if you don't look a certain way, you don't feel like you look good, which makes you feel self-conscious and not confident about your body, and that leads to so many other problems. Yes. Um. And sure. I think that we are pretty lucky in the sense that we didn't live with that at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Back then, if you had an iPod Touch or like even a Nano, <laughs> you're like the coolest kid in the class. I mean, okay, I don't yeah. know who like if you're listening to this and you don't even know what's the iPod Nano, it just means that you're very young. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, if you can relate, you know, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, we grew up with social media when we were like slightly older. But for kids right now, they all have Instagram at such a young age. And Mm -hmm. when you're young, you don't really know what's right and what's wrong and what should be considered beautiful. So obviously, if they see those pictures on Instagram, they would want to look like that when they become older. Like, essentially, that's like kind of brainwashing those kids.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think that everyone struggled, at least during a part of their life with how they look and have focused on their appearance and felt bad about it and fe- felt bad about their selves because they felt like they weren't good enough or pretty enough or not feminine enough or not masculine enough and i think a big part of that is social media and you know it worries me that kids get electronic devices at a younger and younger age because that means that they have a chance of losing self-esteem and self-confidence at a younger age also since they're exposed mm-hmm. to the perfect life aspect of social media yeah
0: like all you see on instagram are the highlights of someone's life with the filter with a filter on it you know mhm they they would not put a picture of them when they're crying or sad about something they would put pictures of their friends and showed the world how happy they are but what the younger people see is just the happy and perfect little life of that person i mean like yeah. everyone sees that not just younger people like everyone sees the good side mm-hmm. of that person's life it affects the younger people more because mm-hmm. they they can't really like they they don't like they grew up with that so they don't really know like if it's mm-hmm. right or wrong like they, they they don't know about that
1: yeah yeah I totally agree and I think you know when we're younger our brain is also like not as mature and developed Mm -hmm. and you know we haven't reached that level where we understand that you know it's not a fairy tale but Mm -hmm. even when we're adults you know we can still feel like we are less confident even when we're adults so I can't even imagine like a eight-year-old you know or even like yeah. a 13-year-old yeah, yeah yeah i think still even with all of that a lot of people seem to underestimate the power of social media in our lives but i feel like it has an even bigger impact than people who are aware of it realize it for example a couple years ago kylie jenner revealed that she got live pillars and after that the demand for lip fillers, and specifically for Kylie Jenner lips, boomed. According to Dazed Beauty, there was a 70% increase in inquiries for lip fillers within 24 hours. That's crazy, <laughs> oh don't you think?
0: Yeah, it's, it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like influencers play such a big role in our society, whether we want it or not. Um, I'm not shading on Kylie Jenner because there are so many other people on this planet who are the same. But Kylie is kind of promoting this perfect body image in society. Like the curvy hourglass shape, uh, the slim thick type, whatever you want to call it. But she definitely contributes to the unhealthy mindset of always looking sexy and good.
1: Mm -hmm. And you know, I think... The idea of likes has definitely a big impact on how we define ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we see people, like you just mentioned, Kylie Jenner. So let's yeah. go with her. Um, you know, they have dozens of millions of followers and they have multiple millions of likes. And I think, you know, some people feel like they have to reach that level. I mean, not necessarily millions, but they feel like they're worth is defined by the numbers of likes they get or the numbers of followers they have. Mm -hmm. But I definitely don't think that only people with a usual, I guess we could say, number of likes and followers... um, I don't think it's, like, the only ones that are defined by social media and how much, like, they're popular on there. Like, a lot of people who have like tens of thousands of followers or even millions like Kylie Jenner like I'm sure they feel vulnerable and certainly feel like they have a standard to uphold and that can put a lot of pressure on you especially when you are a teenager mhm yeah i really like Emma Chamberlain because
0: she is just so relatable She doesn't really care about how she looks, and her Instagram isn't so much about, like, being sexy or promoting the society's beauty standards. She's just posting whatever she feels like posting, and she's just just so humble. I just really relate, because when she has a shitty day, she documents it. She vlogs Mm -hmm. it, I mean. And everyone has those days. I mean, we probably have more bad days than happy days. And I just really appreciate the fact that she's not only showing the good side of her life, but also her downside.
1: Yeah, and I totally agree with you. And that's probably why she became popular so quickly. Like, she was like a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm.
0: And, you know,
1: she's one of the rare influences that actually seems like she doesn't put up a facade just for social media. Yeah, but there are still a lot of influencers who give like the image of a perfect life, and I partially do get why because you know it's harder to admit things that are negative, especially yeah. when the whole world is watching you. Mm-hmm. But you know, boys seem to have even less role models who fully open up about who they are their looks, their vulnerability, their personality. A lot of boys feel pressure to be a certain way. Yeah, and like even for boys like why
0: can't boys cry? Why can't they show emotions and why do they always have to act strong and unbothered? And even for physical appearance, like social media is also promoting this tall, strong, muscular image mm-hmm. of men, and it's just yeah. very unhealthy. We're going to talk about this more in detail about toxic masculinity um, in a future episode, but we talk so much about girls, and I think men go through the same thing, but they just never Mm -hmm. admit it because
1: it will appear as weak. To finish off, we have a question from one of our listeners. So, Angie, you are a CBC, a Canadian-born Chinese, and you know... The Asian community is definitely known for having like harder, harsher standards for school. Asian parents requiring a lot more out of Asian kids than let's say like white parents would as far as grades. Mm-hmm. So what do you have to say about that?
0: I think that um, it is true that a lot of Asian parents are like are pushing more. Mm-hmm. Because I I feel like, especially, like, um, immigrant parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because they basically sacrificed their whole career, their whole lives to come to uh, another country that they don't know. And, like, all their hope is on you, you know? Mm. So, you definitely feel the pressure. And it doesn't help when they're, like, constantly reminding you that, you have to be good. You have to be um, the best or whatever. I think the kid should be aware that um, he should not disappoint. And, like, at least try your best. But I mm-hmm. feel like the parent sh- doesn't need to push more. Like, we we know. Like, we, we know where we stand. We know um, the kind of pressure and the kind of responsibility that we have. Like, I don't think that someone else has to, like, put even more pressure on you for that. But... It really depends on parents. I feel like they're more understanding now. Like maybe a few years ago, like the first generation immigrants, like maybe I don't know. But I can't really speak for like other people, but because my parents are like really really chill. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, they allow me to go in music. Like I think that tells a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, because like normally like Asian parents like are stereotypically like pictured um, to want their kids to go like in law or med like the they think that going to law or going to med is like more stable it's like a really stable mm-hmm. job and very well paid
1: mm-hmm. um
0: but yeah my parents like they really understand me and if i want to go in music they're 100 percent supporting me but like i do know some people like my some of my friends like their parents are like more hardcore like go to med go to go in law go study in law um I just feel like that's really unnecessary because after all like it's your kids decision to to yeah. do like what he wants in his
1: life. But do you feel like it's like not it's... really like your place to tell? Mhm. But do you think like it's part of the culture even? I don't think it's part of the culture
0: because I'm sure like even if you're not Asian, you want your kids to be like mm-hmm. very good at everything and you want them to be successful in the future like you want the best for your kid like i don't think it's a culture i just think that asians are more focused on education and they really really want a good education for their kids like i feel like maybe some parents don't really care but i think most asians are like really really um focused on school and education which like is very very good like education is so important Mm -hmm. but i just feel like some asian parents just need to like chill a bit and Maybe let your kid breathe and let them choose what they want to do in the future. Because after all, it's their lives. Like, it's mm-hmm. not yours.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, like, you can you can help them, like, orientate in whatever they want to do. But, like, don't impose something yeah. on
1: mm-hmm. your kid. Like, that's really unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that stands for, you know, whether you're white or black or, you know, a yeah, Latinx yeah. or whatever you are, like... But, Mm -hmm. you know, pressure is maybe a bit more common, I would say, in, like, Mm -hmm. Asian households. Yeah. You know, I think it's a good point that you make because all parents, you know, they want their kids to be happy. But I think that does vary on the culture, like, what is considered happiness. Like, is it a stable job? Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe, Mm -hmm. like, in Asian households, like, a stable job is, like, more considered, like, something that is, like, happiness or a goal, instead of, you know, Mm -hmm. other cultures that it's more, like, your passion. And not to say that Mm -hmm. law or medicine can't be your passion, but, like, Ng said, like, her parents are okay with her going into music, but some Asian parents aren't, and that's because maybe they don't think it's a stable career. So, yeah. Yeah, they think that we
0: like musicians won't be happy because like um we won't be financially stable, mm-hmm. which is totally untrue. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know where the, what they're talking about. By the way, if you haven't listened to um episode 2, you should definitely go to listen to yeah. that. Yeah. Um because we talked about that a lot. But mm-hmm. yeah, like it's not because you You have a lot of money that you're you're happy like that's that's not equal to each other mm-hmm, yeah, um actually, Margot, I have a question for you from Helen. um does societal pressure increase anxiety like does that force people
1: to be people pleasers Oh my goodness, yes, well, not necessarily everyone, but I do think like a majority of people feel that the pressure that the society puts on them like it stresses them to be well like we said like perfect and you know a part of perfection is to please other people so I definitely Mm -hmm. do think that um, societal pressure you know increases the willingness to please others and like we said about social media like the number of likes you get is some sign yeah. yeah. Is some sign of like pleasing other people. So mm-hmm. you know, I do definitely think like it's correlated.
0: Yeah, it definitely increases in anxiety. Like definitely. Mm-hmm. That's why like so many people now are affected like by society, um, and that shows from like having depression or anxiety. Yeah. And asthma even like some people like react um by having like a asthma.
1: yeah other stuff mm-hmm. and like even acne like can be triggered by stress and that's really mm-hmm. Ill, but yeah yeah yeah
0: and even like biting your nails or like whatever mm-hmm.
1: like, th- oh shaking your, your your foot yeah yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's like one of Margot's pet peeves i um, like shaking it. your 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 leg or whatever oh, like some people goodness. are like when they're stressed they're like shaking their legs It makes me. That sounds really weird, but like if you understand what I mean,
1: (laughs) I think they will. (laughs) I mean, I'm
0: sure everyone knows someone who does that. Yeah, like constantly shaking your foot. Like you know when you're trying to focus on the teacher in front of the class, and you can't. You see a foot
1: that's like shaking. Yeah, that's literally like the only thing I can see is that foot. (laughs) Like I can't see anything (laughs) else. Like it's. I hate it so much. (laughs) But
0: yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah, that shows that that person was stressed, or at least, I don't know, yeah.
1: Yes, the answer is yes, Helen. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) yeah, well, thank you everyone for listening to our fourth episode. We're officially one month in. Woohoo! Yeah! It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's so
0: crazy. But we we really um, appreciate the fact that you guys listen to
1: our podcast Mm -hmm. and we really hope that you like it. And don't forget to follow us on social media. You know it by now. Our Instagram is at inequality. Our Twitter is at inequality underscore. We have recently created a TikTok. It's at inequality. And you can also email us at inequality at gmail.com. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week. Bye!